Amazon's Prime's Invincible Season 2 is coming out November. They just released a one-shot episode of Adam Eve. Rotten Tomatoes doesn't even have a score for this, but on IMDb, it is scored at 8.2 out of 10. Welcome back to Tales of Two Bros. I am Angel. I'm Adon. Where we give you a review at least once a week. Spoiler alert. Now, last night I, I reached out to you to let you know that it was the premiere of the episode, the one shot of Invincible Adam Eve. Did you mm-hmm. know about it prior? I did not know at all. Neither did I. I. I put it on to watch The Power, which is a show about girls getting superpowers. Not really superpowers in the sense of multiple ranges of powers, but it's like electricity. They develop it. It's a safety mechanism that they developed from all the stuff that women have dealt with throughout the years. That's what roughly I'm talking about. But anyway, I saw that on the homepage of the show and I reached out to you right away because I had no idea either. Before we get into our thoughts about it, well, I'm just going to go over the main stars of voicing the roles. You have Stephen Ewan small part reprising his role as invisible mark grayson sandra ho as the mother jk simmons as the father and omni man lauren cohen which is she's also in the walking dead in fact a lot of these actors are from the walking dead i will probably because this is written and created by who? The same creator from Walking Dead is the same creator for Invincible, but I don't remember his name. Right. I mean, he's the co-creator, Robert Kirkman. Kirkman, yes. Yes. It makes it no surprise that a lot of these voice actors were main characters or has some supporting roles in the Walking Dead series. I'll continue on. Like I said, Lauren Cohen, she was War Woman. Phil Lamar playing as... Salamander, sidekick, you have Ross Laquan. He is immortal, Aquarius, and tech. He's also, he's the, he was also in Avengers Endgame. Was it Avengers Endgame? Avenger, Avengers Infinity War. He was yeah. the voice of Red Skull. He's a very, very good voice impersonator. Tatiana Masalani, she's from where? I'm bad with names, man. I know. She's from the She-Hulk series. Hey, who's you? Oh, wait. You play the Queen Lizard. No, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, She-Hulk now. <laughs> uh, like, wait, you said she was in She-Hulk, right? Yeah, she played the lead role. Oh, that was her. Yes. I do like her. and uh, yeah, it, She's really good. Yeah. It's a shame that she had a small part, but a small part nonetheless was also great. Carrie Payton, we know him as the king in The Walking Dead, but also he's been multiple roles in animation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was Black Samson. He was an officer. He was a doctor also here. You have Stephen Root. He was Brandy Worth. And we know him from where? The doc- oh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, the, uh, oh, wait. You're talking about the doctor that was a broadsman or whatever? Yeah, Brandy Worth. I remember him from the show uh, Radio. Yes. Oh, a nice deep one. That's a yes. deep cut because no one really knows him from that. They know him from True Blood. They know him from Office Space. True. Um, yeah, he's in those other films, but I was a big fan of radio. So I too. remember watching it. Me too. Who else is in that? Do you know? Real quick, real quick. Come on. Joe Rogan. Uh, yes. The guy from uh, Kids in the Hall. 
Yeah. The one comedian yeah. uh, redhead girl, I always forget her name, not Kathy Griffin. And uh, Andy, not Andy Samberg. Um, Andy Dick. Yes. And then the late and great Phil Harris. Just acting. <laughs> What's his name? John, Li- John not John Lithgow. Um, John Lovitz. John Lovitz. Yes, he filled in. He filled in after Phil Hartman passed away. Yeah, right. Now I'm looking at the camera, and I know I'm supposed to be looking at you, so I'm going to look right back at you now. <laughs> so for those listening, all right. But for those who are watching, we're trying a new format here. Instead of looking at each other while we do these reviews, so if we're looking like we're lost. Yes, we are. me right now. Also, we have here is Lance Reddick, the late Lance Reddick. Which uh, I was surprised, but happy to hear his voice. Yeah, me too. I was like, holy crap, because, you know, he passed away long ago. But again, you know, in animation, they do voiceover work prior. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. It was within the last year. But still, he, this yeah. came out in July 2023. So True, true, true. And again, in animation, voiceovers work, they do it a lot of times. They do it to first to get into it where the animators can see how they move, how they can use that to their advantage instead of making the character. And then the actors come back to maybe do new lines or give a little more oomph in their performance, things of that nature. But for him to do that is awesome. You have Fred Tedascore, I butcher his name, but he's famous. He did Adam. He did Drive and he did Kill Cannon. He's done. He's the main voice for the Hulk in the animated series. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That. Oh, yeah. Gray Griffin. She did. She paid Betsy and Polly, the parents. This one I'm also going to dam- uh, damage or destroy. Chris Demonopolis. That's a long ass name. That's a Greek name right there. He was Rogers. He was Gringos. He was also the dad. We've seen him in that Ryan Reynolds, Wayne Johnson, and Gal Gadot movie on Netflix. He was like the, one of the main villains. Yeah, he's been in like Red Notice. Like I'm trying to pull it up as we speak, but he's definitely been in a lot of shows and movies that I can say I've seen his face, but I, it's I'm almost shameful that I can't place it. Right. He mainly plays like a badass guy, which is hilarious though. He's like 4'11". Yeah, I was like, well, one know. Short. He voiced a lot of cartoon characters. Oh yeah. He's very, yes. He's very talented in that. Yeah. And we also have Jaslyn Yone. Jesus. I'm, I, again, I'm butchering these names, but she played Eve at around age 12. And then you have Aria Kane. She was like the younger version, like age seven. So you have a yeah. lot of well-known actors and you have a lot of up and coming actor in voice work, which was great, which, which brings up the value of the show, in my opinion. Well, I mean, uh, even in the original season one, they pulled a lot of big name actors like per episode, which doesn't surprise me that they would do it here too. Now, granted, I remember the comic. I don't remember an origin story for her, so I don't know if this is like a completely original thing. It probably was. It's probably like a one-shot, probably like an episode, uh, a comic issue where it was just at the end, mm-hmm. possibly. I don't know either. I just remember watching, or not watching, but reading the Invincible comic, like yeah. standalone. But I believe this, it was. And I do like this. It is a prequel to the series in a way of telling her origin story, but also... The heroes, their version of the Justice League. To a certain extent, like they only had a, a relatively small moment. But still, right. But in season one, 
they're done at the end of true you get way more of them here arguably than you do in season one well well relatively about the same amount they're actually yeah. have more in that first episode but the truth is we see them again so right away we're told that this is a prequel in that aspect because again after episode one they're done yeah mm -hmm. i did enjoy this i had to watch it twice all that information i wanted to get it again watching it the second time just as good as the first time of course now i'm paying attention to more detail you see some characters besides the it's not the justice league I'm, i want to call them something else but i just can't remember but i'm gonna call their justice league version for those listening or watching comment below on the name of that super team oh you, you mean know? the main um power stills like yeah the immortal uh, war woman and all that right and also notice that here, the Green Ghost, here it was a male version, just like it was in the comic. Yeah, I remember series. they kind of touched on that in the series that she was a, a replacement. And right. And he's saying like he's like Green Lantern. Is it really Green Lantern? Is yeah, because the, the, the gem, she can, the gem right, goes from one host to the next. Right, but does make things up out of their imagination? Yeah, they make constructs, yeah. All right, because I don't remember him doing it here. Well, you know, it's all about how you wield <laughs> the power. You're looking at the camera, like I look at you. So... Uh, <laughs> I move my camera to the one angle. Yeah, but they, they talk about the other heroes, like the uh, the Martian and so forth, like that. And, like, it, but, but I'm, what, you're forgetting the point. But anyway, the thing is, in the in here again, prior to the series, the Green Ghost is a male, and in the first episode of this first season, is a female. True. Like again, like I said, I I like the origin story. We find out like how she is saved and how. She's learning. She's learning how to be a regular person who doesn't know she has powers. Even though there are inklings like her seeing things differently, like she can look at uh, the floor as we saw her as a kid. She's looking at the floor, but what she's people are thinking that she's just a strange kid, but she's like seeing the, the atoms, the molecules in that floor. Mm -hmm. And so she sees things differently, how she can see as with her babysitter. The molecules of what what is um freaking what was it what was the certain things he was talking about I was like well he was talking about a science uh like test he had to take and right. and she was teaching him about like oh like one of the first questions was like what about mercury she's like mercury is funny and she starts talking about like why mercury doesn't get along with other atoms and that's why it becomes liquid at a certain temperature uh where others don't right so what i'm saying though like the the legos that she made those are molecules. Those are like the structures of those molecules. Right. But I was I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember, like, example, what they were, because he gave names to them, and I can't remember the names he was saying. Well, I think one of them he pointed out was Mercury, but she she pointed out a bunch of them. Right. Well, no, but he was demonstrating to the parents, like, this is this, and this is this. But anyway, yeah. do you have a favorite moment or scene? There were some really interesting scenes on there, because it- it wasn't completely fully action packed. I did like the 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 break in scene with the lizards. They were like the version of the Serpent Society. Yeah, yeah. No, they they called her the Queen Lizard, and he was the prince. Oh. And that oh, that kid who voiced the prince is also Phase Two, Jacob Tremblay. Oh, the actor was the, yeah yeah actor right the same voice actor. So he did two roles. Yeah. Yes. That's their version of the Serpent Society, which again, fun crew. I wish there was more of them in it. But for me, what I liked was the whole 
towards the end it says of the highway scene oh the action of the highway scene better that was actually oh, good better animation than the first fight scene yes i remember watching going this is both cool sad and dark all at the same time and you find out that it's her siblings in essence because originally they don't say that's her siblings but you find no, out that says the, it yeah he says it when he meets her and he says our siblings she's like our mm-hmm. and then he breaks it down and then we find out later on and you know the mother's still alive that's messed up too that is absolutely messed up and they're just using her not just they're, they're forcing her to stay alive yeah, she's pretty much brain dead, but she's an incubator. To me, what was dark about that uh, leading up to that moment was the fact that, in essence, she's actually killing her siblings that she's beating for the first time. Oh, yeah, that's what's, that's what's yeah. sad about it. It's what's super sad. sad. And, you know, she's forced. And you see her, like, when he comes to, not to kill her because he can't, because he's breaking down, she has her hands up, but she just, like, doesn't want to do anything. She doesn't want to fight anymore. And unfortunately, since her powers are limited because the, the professor put it like a protection, I guess, if you will, in a sense, mental thing or a psychotic, like a, like a, a mental block, a mental block, like a hypnosis, if you will, that she cannot change anything that's organic. Yeah. Which I didn't understand that because she wasn't even born yet. So I didn't even put a mental block. Maybe like a DNA chip or something. And I don't know. But then again, not even born yet. So. But eventually that gets overwritten. That's like a plot hole in a sense. I mean, I would understand it if it was like Firestorm. It was like the, yes, you can change molecules to a certain extent. But then like Firestorm couldn't do it to organic material because organic material has molecules that are rearranging certain ways and whatever. Their own self-imposed mental block. That would make more sense to me. Like, she doesn't really want to hurt people. And then right. she does that to herself. And she had a pretty good upbringing, except for the father was a dick. He was absolutely more of a dick than he needed to be. She was never really taught by them how to be good, a good person. It's like that. They try, like she, the mother did, trying mm-hmm. to be understanding, trying to be helpful. But she had this innate uh, knowing or knowledge that to be good. And she said, you know, we can be superheroes. She could have said, we can do whatever we want. We have this power to- we can, to our best friend at the time, we can rob or whatever. We can go anywhere we want. We can make anything. We can make a dress. We can, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But she was, no, I want to be good. And what it was kind of nice to see in a sense where, you know, like there was nothing very, even though it was a, she had a tragic moment and almost every superhero has a tragic moment. And she did hear in the sense of finding out that her mother was still alive and that she had siblings that she was forced to kill, which is kind of like an Oedipus Rex kind of factor where you, you know, you're doing something to someone and you don't know that you have close relations by blood or what have you, mm-hmm. or Oedipus, Oedipus complex. Action on the highway scene was great. You have a scene or a moment where it reminded me of Terminator 2. Oh, with the professor? No. Oh, when he comes out the flames. Was it out of the flames or when he's about to, when he's the, when he's breaking down? Well, I remember when he comes out the flames, I, I was thinking like Terminator 1 because he just walked out the flames. The thing about Terminator 2, when the T-1000 is walking after he gets frozen, the nitro, uh-huh. walking and it breaks down, like the leg falls off. Oh, that's him when he's like breaking down, yeah. Right, that's when he's breaking down. You see the foot staying there and he breaks off. He doesn't fall to the ground. He falls into her arms, but that little moment reminded me of the T-1000. Yeah. Now, I know I cut you off on your favorite moment, so 
Again, what was your favorite moment? I did like the very first fight scene moment where they're showing those. I also did like the scene where she meets, um, uh, what's his name, Kill Cannon? Right. And that's we, that's a flip sub to Invincible, yeah. Right, yes. Which I find it funny. It's like, the guy doesn't get older, doesn't age. <laughs> no. But here was the thing that was like parallel to what happened to Invincible in, in, the, in the early episodes. Because when he first meets him, he wrecks uh, the alleyway and the buildings around him. She pretty much did the same thing. He's like your... Your starter mission guy. Well, he's your beginner like, uh, initiation. Exactly. Like, you know, yes, yeah, so you have to pass him before you get before you're ready for anything else. He never pops up anywhere else. But the funny thing was, I was watching him. Like, okay, I figured out early on that she can't do anything with animals or people. But his arm's not an animal. That's a machine. Turn it to dust. She put a plug in it. Yeah. Again, she assert like a that was her initiation battle. Yeah, she's a child. No, I get it. Series would be over because she's so powerful. She could have done that easily with so many things. True. Now we do it at the end. We we see the return of Omni Man, but we also see again Mark Grayson and his mother make an appearance again to, I guess, for the audience to get reunited in a sense, mm-hmm. reacquainted, a reminder of the series and the main character of that series. And so it's back in time. You have a little flashback, like epilogue scene where, and what's Mark Grayson doing at this time? And he's like much younger. And of course, because around the same age, and he's the silly notion of being tape boy or tape man. Because he wants to be a superhero so bad, but he, he doesn't have, his powers has not manifested. Yeah. It, you know, I mean, he idolizes his father and the other comic heroes too. So it makes sense. It was cute, but. Honestly, it was that needed, that scene? No. Because no. it took away from Adam Eve. I agree. I mean, the, the one scene where they show Omni-Man in the beginning, that was more than enough. Correct. Enough, enough to tie in the series to this one shot. It was cute. But it wasn't needed, especially with showing Omni-Man like being angry as, about, as if he was about to explode because yeah. his son has not manifested his powers yet. Now, is this worth the watch? I think so. Yeah. I think so too. This is a really good show. It's nice. I'm glad it's a one shot, not a, a long ass series. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. It, it, I don't think it would have been good if they expanded it more than one episode. Now, they may do more one shots in leading up to the premiere of season two. And we will do a, a review of season one prior to season two. So we will do that. What characters would you want to see a one shot of? The original team coming together. Ah, uh, they're just like the individual ones? Well, not like the individual ones. Like, don't make it individual episodes. You don't have to. But like, what was the the moment that formed the team together? The warrior woman. Oh, you're talking about that team? Yeah, yeah. What what happened for them to join? That would have been a nice episode to see. That would have been interesting. Ended, so why not show how they became a team in the first place? And there's no real reason to do a, a individual story of Omni-Man because we got his backstory in the first season. We did, yeah. The only one I was thinking of was the um, her boyfriend. I forget his name, the teen. The way that makes things like the gambit of, yeah. the, of the show. Because really, I remember his backstory in the comics, which wasn't actually bad. Like, he was an orphan and you know, military program too, kind of cliche at this point. But um, those were like cybernetic implants that would put in his arms to make him do that. 
he was trained to be an assassin and then he changed his mind like something happened to make him change his purpose of mind and then he ran into adam adam eve and he started out as a pretty decent guy and then give a dick it's totally a dick this is a deep cut i know they wouldn't do it i love to see savage dragon no no <laughs> no what i'm meaning is like not a one shot he needs his own series oh god thank you yes that's a deep cut for a lot of people out there who don't what know Savage he Dragon. He uh, an appearance in, his, in the first season. True. He just sits there. He doesn't say anything, but... But he makes an appearance. Absolutely. Same universe. Same as One Punch Man. That's our cute. <laughs> people no, argue that. A, yeah, I know, but still, he, the that character looked a lot like One Punch. He absolutely uh, did. But yeah. But again, further scoring here, uh, on IMDb is... 8.2 out of 10. I would give it a solid 9 in my opinion. I'm actually giving it a little bit more strict. 8.7. I, it wasn't something I asked for, but I'm glad I came. No, it came. Like it came to oh, the fruition. Okay. Careful. It's a family show. Now, <laughs> it did its job. It, it gave her origin story. It it showed her growing up in a sense it, it didn't lag too long it pop 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 and then it showed her bruce wayne moment if you will even though she was already a hero what made her more focused into becoming one because obviously she could have just gave it up after she found out her mother her mother was alive but then died she killed she was reason of her siblings being killed so she could have just quit and said i'm done with this lifestyle i'm not gonna be a superhero but she turned it around to mm-hmm. own one. No, her parents are not her actual parents. Not that they were adopted because they didn't adopt her. They thought that was her child. Yeah, and they still do. Uh, still do. Right. But she thought, oh, they're, they adopted me or I'm, I'm adopted. She said that. Yeah, Professor never really clarified that for her. And then she finds out that um, her mother, who she just found out is alive, gets killed by the a ricochet of the bullet. And the one man that, you know, was a connection to her past and knows about her, if she could be honest with, also well. dies. Right. He's like the surrogate and then her birthday cake is eaten, eaten without her. Right. Even though they waited for her, they didn't wait long enough. Which, to me, was the, like, I was like, okay, I get it. That's like the straw that broke the camel back with her and her ties with her current parents. Not really, because at the end, her and her mother hugged it out. Yeah, but even in the show afterwards, like, she still doesn't have good ties with her family. And she kind of erased the photo of her family to supersede the old photo. And, but she made up the family because she doesn't know what her, her parents or her mother or her siblings truly look like. like. There's like what they would look like. She put that imagination. Like that's what they will look like if they were normal or exactly. But it, what I mean by the, uh, the, the last straw there is like you never really see her patch that up. It, maybe near the end of season one. Uh, is where she gets close to that. No, but he's at the end of season one, she moves out. It's like she moves out to figure herself out, but she's still, no, I'm thinking of the comics, like that's years later even. But it's like, uh, she, things are rough between her and her parents. No, true. After, I mean, after, you can see why there's like, a nothing really, a divide, a, a separation, a, there's tension. And we find out why in this episode, in multiple levels and for multiple reasons. Absolutely. Absolutely. The whole eating the cake thing is symbolic about like how her, or she views her father and how he views her. And even though he has actions that he does that makes him seem like an ass, behind the curtain, he truly does care. He just doesn't know how to process and uh, do those things. He has like no filter in his words or his actions. Exactly. I'm no psychoanalyst, 
But I want to say he has like narcissistic tendencies because like a lot of his, you know, processes when raising her are like, what do other people see out of her? And that, and that's, and that's a reflection of him. But bringing that back, the cake thing for me, that was either a, you know, like too much for the father. Cause I'm like, come on, man, really, you didn't need to go there. And, or B, like the fact that she like just ran off crying for that. I'm like, okay, I get that why she did that. But at the same time, after a day like that and just coming home and seeing, I at least have two people, they may be shitty people, but they still thought of me. I might just sit down and eat the rest of that cake. Cause I had a rough day. I can see your point, but I, I don't in a way that we don't know in a sense, again, we just see a snippet of our life. And, you know, we do, we do see in the part where they have a strong bond. And of course, when you get older, uh, a lot of kids, they rebel from the family. Mm-hmm. And then that connection they once had is severed and it's just hard to come back to, you know? And again, he gets a little more, like he got mad at her for drawing Adams on paper. Even when the babysitter was saying that she was a genius, which most parents would be like, that's fantastic. You know, right. like she's a genius. And he goes, that's weird. Well, I think it's more in the sense of like, he he kind of has some kind of resentment because he's probably not intelligent or on the same level. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's probably, you know, that could be another thing that there's, there is resentment there. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, in the second season, on the first season, of Invincible, they find out that she has powers. Yeah. And that's where, like, in the first season of Invincible, I always thought that he was being a dick because he was more concerned of her well-being. Like, like, oh, yeah, you're a superpower, granted, but you're going out there, putting yourself on the limes right, and you can't really vocalize the fact that I'm worried for your safety because you're throwing yourself out there. Was it that or that he was afraid of what people think of him because... He's the father. No, well, her identity was still hidden. She didn't wear a mask. Yeah, but she still changed costumes or whatnot. She didn't. She always went by Adam Eve. No, I understand, but I'm just saying she didn't wear a mask because people. They, they, I mean, it's like that super Superman trope where you know glasses don't really define you know, and and they they covered it in season one too. Or like if you if you're not paying attention, you're not gonna see the connection. You're not gonna see the two people are the same actual person. Exactly. And a lot of people don't look up. It's deep, you know, and it, and it kind of, you can see, even though it's superpowers like that, but you can see how, like, how it relates into the modern time, modern, modern day where, you know, parents and children can't relate. That's, that's definitely for sure. And some of them, you know, don't know they're adopted. And then they find out there's like, it's a whole shock. There's, a, again, a, a divide, a wall forms up sometimes, not everyone, everyone, they, you know, everyone's different. Some form a wall. Sometimes the bond gets stronger because they realize these people love me. They took me in. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, that is our series review of the one shot of Invincible Adam Eve. Have you seen it? What do you think? Let us know in the comments below. And as always, if you have a show for us to review or a movie, leave a comment below or emails at tales2bros at gmail.com. Until next time, we'll be the next time. I'm Angel. I'm a Love you, bro. Love you too.